Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight's show, the status of an objective ADHD diagnostic test. With us in our virtual studios, Dr. Kenneth Bloom. Uh, real quickly, tonight is Wednesday, May the 30th in the year 2018 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. We would like to offer you two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you have to do is listen for our show. We'll give out a secret word in tonight's show, and uh, you'll write it down with the date or the title of the show, and along with three other words and their dates and titles, and email us um, at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. We'll email you those two magazine um, subscriptions in a PDF format. Tonight, Chad's got a tip for us that we're going to run, and we'll get into the show, so here we go. Many people report that exercise improves ADHD symptoms and relieves stress and anxiety. Find what works for you. Dancing, yoga, running, or long walks. Choose a fitness plan and find strategies that help you stick with it. For more tips, visit Chad's website at helpforadhd.org. Chad, for that tip, we encourage everyone to become a Chad member. They are the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They are our voice on Capitol Hill and the various regulatory agencies. Uh, we encourage you to become a member to support them, not to mention you get all kinds of great member benefits. To learn more and to join, go to chadd.org. Okay, so tonight's show is very, uh, very excited about this. This was pre-recorded with Dr. Kenneth Bloom. Uh, he's got a lot of amazing things that are going on right now. I will admit there's a few areas where the audio is not what we'd like it to be, but uh, rather than hold this off for another time, which for all I know could have been six or nine months because he's so busy, we decided to go ahead and uh, roll the tape. This is not an actual uh, test as of yet to definitively determine if we have ADHD, but I think you'll find that it's very fascinating where things are going and how close we're going to get. We did pre-record this interview, so let's roll the tape. We hope you enjoy it. Dr. Kenneth Bloon made global headlines with his co-discovery of the reward gene published in the Journal of American Medicine Association in 1990. Subsequent discoveries led Dr. Bloon to coin the phrases brain Reward Cascade and Reward Deficiency Syndrome. Dr. Bloom is considered by many as the father of psychiatric genetics. He holds numerous patents worldwide, has published 13 books, and written or contributed to over 500 papers published in scientific and medical journals. Dr. Bloom is currently the chief uh, scientific advisor for Dominion Diagnostics and is a full, excuse me, is, and is an adjunct full professor at the Department of Psychology, University of Florida, College of Medicine, and the McKnight Brain Institute in Gainesville, Florida. With that, Dr. Bloom, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. Yeah, so I'm real excited. For those listeners out there who are not aware, we've had Dr. Bloom on the show a couple times, and he revolutionized my understanding of uh, ADHD when we were talking about um, what dopamine feels like and what it's all about. And I remember it was an interview with an asked a question, and they got I've never been asked that before. And I asked him, Dr. Bloom, are we addicted to drugs or are we addicted to dopamine? And he says, wow, that was really interesting. We're actually addicted to dopamine. The drugs that we're addicted to actually increase that. And subsequent to that, I've been making a real link between 
that concept of dopamine and Dr. Russell Barkley's notion that ADHD is really a self-regulation issue, um, which is an executive function, and bringing those two together. And today we're having Dr. Bloom on the show because, Dr. Bloom, you're really involved in the trying to help the opioid epidemic and addiction in general. And a subset of that is with ADHD. Can you tell us like how you first got involved with addiction to begin with? How did you become interested in it? Well, it's not a very exciting story. I, uh, when I was young, I was at Columbia University, and uh, I took a course, a graduate course uh, in research, and the people that were involved were involved with the neurotransmitters in the brain, and it got my interest in terms of um, what's going on in the brain and what's going on with neurotransmitters. But that was uh, in, the, in the year of 1960, actually, uh, was the year that I actually did that. Um, and then from there, uh, when I finally got my, uh, my master's degree, I did my master's degree on how dopamine uh, affected uh, the neuromuscular junction in terms of tremors. And that was kind of a, a lead into the whole idea of Parkinson. Then in 1968... Yep. I, I I actually ended up at Southwest Foundation in San Antonio, and I got the first grant from a new institute called the National Institute of Alcoholism and Alcohol Abuse, and that got me on the road of studying the neurochemistry, stress, and alcohol intake, and then I never stopped after that. So for our listeners out there, because so, – Everybody, he's like one of these bright guys that's kind of off the charts. So we have to kind of kind of bring this down a little bit because the brain is really infinitely complex. But I learned from you, in oversimplified fashion, that the brain works on rewards, um, and dopamine is at the center of that, which is really kind of at the center of a lot of addictive type behavior. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Well, you know, Jeff, um, in the past, as certain neurotransmitters became important and associated uh, with uh, reward, basically. People used to talk about the uh, importance of serotonin uh, to prevent uh, depression. Uh, Then they used to talk about the endorphins and the endorphin high from exercise. And you being an athlete, you could understand that, the idea that there is an endorphin high. And people still talk about it. But what they are forgetting is that, is that the brain does not stop at serotonin. It does not stop at endorphins. It actually causes through this cascade a release of dopamine at the reward site of the brain that actually functions to make us feel good, reduce stress, okay, and, and actually increase pleasure. So mm-hmm. that is really where we are, and, and the people just keep to stopping at where they want to stop, but that's not the case. Dopamine is the net result of the work of all these neurotransmitters and neurochemicals that are floating in the brain, but there's a whole lot more than four or five, there's hundreds of them. So we, we yep. reduce it to just a, a, a small number, but dopamine is important at the end of the day. And that's what makes us feel good. Yep. 
And in your genetic work, you've actually discovered some genes. It's not just there's a, there's a group of them that are related and people are born with that predisposes them to these addictive type behaviors. Uh, a subset of that might be kind of ADHD. And you're exploring the idea of actually being able to genetically test people to determine if they're predisposed to that. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. Now, the word exploring is a good word. We've been exploring this for about 50 years. Okay. And, yep. um, however, uh, we, we, when we found the first genetic association in 1990 with uh, my dear friend Ernie Normal, who is now passed on, uh, we, we were excited about finding a gene for the dopamine D2 receptor uh, allele, uh, A1 allele. And that was a variation that led to a 30 to 40% less uh, dopamine D2 receptors in the brain. Now, we were very excited about that, and as you said, we published in the journal. But now, almost 28 years or almost 30 years later, uh, we have developed uh, a, a series of genes that are linked into a test that we call the Genetic Addiction Risk Score Test, called GARS. And that now is being actually commercialized. A company called Genus Health, that's www.genushealth.com. And this test has a 10 gene panel, and I just named the genes. It's the dopamine 1 receptor, the dopamine 2 receptor, the dopamine 3 receptor, the dopamine 4 receptor, the dopamine transporter, okay? the serotonin transporter, the mu opium receptor, the gamma receptor, the methyltransferase, monumine oxidase. And those 10 genes make up the panel of GARS. Now, we have done studies to show that when you count these risk alleles that are embedded in each one of those genes, which is based on thousands of studies now, uh, that have verified the risk, what we've done is look at the risk allele that leads to low dopamine function. So that we're really looking at uh, what's going on with the dopamine in your brain, and if you got these different risk alleles, you can end up with a low dopamine function. We call that hyperdopaminergia. And that is exactly what we're doing, and we have researched and tested this panel against the addiction severity index. So in essence, what we were able to show is that when you have this, these alleles counted, if you have four of these alleles, any one of them, come from the mother or father, you have a high prediction of drug severity based on the addiction severity index. If you have seven or more, you have a high severity for alcoholism and some other behaviors. So what we're saying is that by doing this panel of genes, we can now help predict clinical outcomes based on looking at this GARS test that we have developed. 
And, and what the reason I thought this is really exciting is in the world of ADHD, uh, which is very much associated with uh, with this, the dopamine. I'm going to just classify this dopamine kind of umbrella. Is that the first step is really identifying what's at risk, and we've got some genes here. You guys are developing some tests to determine how a person is predisposed. And I understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Bloom, you guys are actually hoping to refine this test so you can actually predict. It's not your you have a high chance of this but actually predict the areas that might be there which to me sounds like the first step in identifying and then being able to do something to help people with these addictive type behaviors can you talk to us about that for a second yeah exactly we 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 do know that certain areas of the brain the prefrontal cortex for example uh we do know that with adhd you you end up with a blunted response to dopaminergic activation and we certainly know that the combination of these genes, and then everybody has an allele uh, risk in any one of these uh, top, these uh, systems, let's put it that way. We know that that's not the case, but we do know that many people that we've tested already, and a lot of people that have ADHD suggesting that these genes are very important to help identify early on uh, the potential uh, risk for a predisposition to uh, addictive behaviors because of low dopamine uh, function. So that we 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 able to actually uh, look at the brain and it's a mirror into the brain and, and instead of guessing and saying, oh, you got low dopamine, you got low serotonin, your GABA is working in the wrong direction, uh, your, your, your serotonin is not... not is eating up your serotonin transporter is working so hard that you don't have enough serotonin to start the, the process going. We now uh, uh, remove the guessing. We can actually see yep. it and, and we can report it and we can let people know genetically uh, what we see uh, in their brain, whether they have uh, RDS behaviors related to alcohol or drugs or smoking or they have uh, behaviors such as ADHD or gambling or sex or eating disorders. Yep, yep. And so I tell you what, of, when you, let's, go ahead, let's finish your thought. No, I just say that's sort of the, it's sort of like a, a genetic uh, uh, precision uh, system, your GPS of your brain. Yep, yep. Tell you what, I want to go to break. And come back and kind of continue our discussion. Now, this GARS test that we're talking about, uh, it's on the market right now. And people can go online and order a kit where they send a kit to your house. I believe you swab your cheek and you mail it back in. They send you a report, and you can actually kind of call in. Um, they can actually order that test off the website. Is that right? Absolutely. And it's and the website Absolutely. is GARS, GARS.com? No, no. It's www. Genus, that's G-E-N-E-U-S, health, www.genushealth.com. Again, that's G-E-N-E-U-S, health, H-E-A-L-T-H.com. And to everybody, tonight the secret word is dopamine, so you might want to write that down. Again, the night's secret word is dopamine, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. 
ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Get it right with Omega Bright, the premier natural advanced omega-3 formula for improved attention and focus. Omega Bright was formulated by Dr. Carol Locke while on faculty at Harvard Medical School and was the first high-concentrate omega-3 on the market. Omega Bright is recommended by New York Times bestseller and leading ADHD authority, Dr. Ned Hollowell, who takes Omega Bright and recommends Omega Bright to all his patients. Order Omega Bright today. Visit omegabright.com or call 1-800-699-6525. Enter code ATTENTION on checkout for the chance to win a month's supply of Omega Bright. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. Do you have something those with ADHD need? Advertise on Attention Talk Radio. We are a narrowcast, internet-based radio show targeting those with or impacted by ADHD. To learn more about advertising opportunities, email attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Dr. Kenneth Bloom having a great conversation about genetics, dopamine, and uh, the status of an objective ADHD diagnostic test. Now, we are not there as of yet, uh, specifically, but we are moving in the right direction. And uh, before the break, Dr. Bloom, was, was, we were talking about the, the, the brain's reward system and the, the notion of dopamine. And there's a few things I just wanted to to touch base on for our listeners to kind of give a context and, and give Dr. Bloom an opportunity to kind of correct me if I'm oversimplifying it, but your brain is, is full of billions of neurons. And when a neuron is excited, electrical charge is, is traveling down the neuron. And when it gets to the end, there's this synaptic gap between neurons. And what's happens is dopamine oversimplified is released into that gap. And the electric impulse passes from one neurotransmitter to the other and cascades through the, the system and after it's in there, the, the opposite side receives the dopamine. That's the dopamine receptors. And the mechanism of the release of dopamine and the reuptake for the brain of those with uh, addictive-type behavior doesn't quite work like everybody else's, and, and, and definitely those with ADHD. And what we're doing is we're going in there and taking a look at the genes that have that issue, and particularly the ones that impact the reuptake of the dopamine. In other words, they're not bringing enough in. And we've had some shows with Dr. Clifford Sussman on screen addiction that we talked a lot about this particular thing and and how the brain begins to release more dopamine and the receptors kind of numb it down. We talked about recovery process and Dr. Bloom, and again, correct me if I'm oversimplifying this, Dr. Bloom, but it's, we're going in there, we're identifying those genes and hopefully we we can begin to isolate the, the, the mix that defined ADHD and then 
hopefully at some point in time be able to go in and make some adjustments either by medications and or I know you're working on some things to increase the number of receptors to reduce – I heard you say the itch because if a person is not receiving enough dopamine, they've got kind of an itch and they have a compulsive type behavior to kind of fill that gap. So I'm, I know that I'm infinitely simplifying this, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but just in terms of our the people that are listening to understand it, is that is that close to being accurate or is there any corrections you'd like to make in that description? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're accurate. I think that what I want everybody to understand is that uh, when there's been the argument by doing the test, then what are you going to do after you do the test? I mean, is there any any solution uh, to assisting uh, the uh, sort of the 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 hypo or low dopamine function based on the fact that you're born with this genetic uh, predisposition? Or risk, okay, uh-huh. low dopamine, and 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 what we're really excited about, is, as you said, I've been working on a a new nutrient uh, therapy for um, since 1977, and what we are doing now, uh, I think, is the first time that we're actually matching the variations in your brain uh, and your risks. Uh, with a new nutrient that we call Restorgen, and we have six variations that match with the polymorphisms or the variations in your brain. So that let's say you do this test for gauze, you're going to get a report that says, well, you have uh, six risk alleles, and in order to see if we could make and balance the dopamine in the brain, uh, we recommend this particular um, storage product that is actually linked as a precision and personalized to your genetic makeup. And that is sort of what we're doing now. So we're not only just doing the GOS test, we're linking it to a new nutrient that can balance the dopamine in your brain based on what we know and what we're recommending under that particular uh, system. We call it, uh, you know, we call it precision uh, addiction management or precision behavioral management. So this, this is what the exciting news is. Yeah, so, that, so this is this is what's really exciting. Number one, we we haven't had really an objective test, and there's so much skepticism out there in the general public if ADHD is real. But able to walk in and have a test that we refine down to say yes, this is this these are the markers, and we're identifying, and then be able to understand the cocktail of whatever we need to do to go in and prescribe it. Because Dr. Blue, one of the things that I know is we have a tendency. It's right now it's a subjective diagnosis and the treatment right now whether it's Ritalin or, Al- or, or, or Adderall, that type of thing. We're just throwing one drug at it. But there's lots of variations in a continuum, and this one-size-fits-all kind of treatment doesn't necessarily work. And the idea to understand it as an individual, we can begin to customize it. And to me, it gets real exciting about the possibilities of the future with regard to this. But it all starts with this test, and you guys kind of working with it and refining its way down because it shows a lot of promise. Is that, is that yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you're right, Jeff. I mean, uh, we, we certainly uh, have now opened up the, the, the door 
to go ahead and, and, and even in the aviation world to see where 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 the child sits or that adult sits, and not only just say, okay, here's your here's your your genetics, uh, we got something that could uh, actually help uh, balance the brain uh, at, at this point. Now we talk about the future is now, but then of course we're going to be continuing to work on it. We're probably going to get even a more advanced refinement in an ADHD test that we're working on. But what's exciting is that we got a good beginning, and uh, we already received a number of reports uh, as to the fact that uh, by doing the test and, and taking this uh, supplement, uh, we're really helping. We got a report of someone who has ADHD, but they're alcoholic, and they've been taking this now for a couple of weeks, and this person was had really dead, passed out, uh, alcohol battles, and she's now, you know, I mean, just an anecdotal, but she's basically now uh, sober, and she's uh, was not given to her family. I mean, it's just, it's the beginning, but it seems to be a 50-year uh, and many, many research papers uh, later uh, to come up with the beginning of this particular thrust. Now, you're absolutely correct. Yep. You, could do a, you could do a Connors, you could do a Toba, you can do CBS. You can do a whole, whole bunch of uh, subjective testing, and there may be some overdiagnosis of ADHD or, or autism. Uh, but this is going to give us a more an objective way of really yep. determining whether or not you have uh, these particular variations in your brain that can lead to a lack of uh, focus, hyperactivity, uh, and whatnot. Okay? Absolutely. Because these are these are predictive markers, and the environment can have an impact on this as well. So it's not just straight up there. I mean, there's there environmental factors and different things can be present there. But the idea here really is is we can determine the predisposition for some of that stuff, and we got it on the front side as opposed to react on the on the back side. Um, you, you, you know, you know, Jeff, you're perfectly right. You know, we we call it epigenetics, right? So yep. we talk about the fact the environment having an effect onto. Not the DNA, but the code of the structure that can suck RNA expression of genes. What we're really doing here is, in a sense, we're infusing an environmental epigenetic impact that can have a positive effect on the new chemistry of the brain. All we're doing is saying that the phenotype is equal to the genotype plus the environment, which can be epigenetic, and the new nutrient is nothing more than an epigenetic. Uh, I, I use the word repair. Everything be repair for balance. That's what we're talking yep. about. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go to break and con- we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, again, uh, this is Dr. Kenneth Bloom, and you can learn more about the SCARS test and actually order it by going to the website genushealth.com. That's G E N E U S H E A L T H.com. And for our listeners out there that uh, that are interested in receiving the free. Um, uh, editions of Attention Magazine. Our secret word, word tonight is dopamine. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. 
That's A-D-D-C-A dot com slash A-T-R. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. The Attention Talk Network has over 450 interviews and more than 210 hours of programming, which is overwhelming if you think about it. I have made my list top 10 favorite Attention Talk radio interviews. Download the list at www.digcoaching.com forward slash ATR. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are having an, an exciting conversation with Dr. Kenneth Bloom uh, about what could potentially be the future. And we've been talking about ADD um, so far, but this is really much bigger than ADD. I mean, I'm certainly grateful you come on because that's what we talk about. But what you're talking about really is not just helping those with ADHD, but the whole opioid addiction. And when you start to take about, talk about the massive amount of issues that are associated with just addictive behaviors in general, whether it's alcohol or sex addiction or gambling or uh, shopping or just criminal activity, the ability to go in with the genetic stuff and, and, and identify specifically the genes and have some type of thing to kind of deal with this, we're talking about massively helping, I think I heard you say possibly like 100 million Americans um, maybe that's the wrong number, but this isn't just confined to 15 million people with ADHD. This is huge, and the ramifications of this, just from an economic impact, are huge. You want to just talk to us about that a little bit? Well, I think that uh, you re- you really got the point, and we we certainly, are, uh, as you know, you're focused on ADHD and the whole uh, uh, issue wrapped around ADHD, and and we have said for a long time that, you know, people that have ADHD can struggle uh, with, with addictive behaviors in generally. Uh, now, it's very interesting because uh, uh, we, we uh, are going forward and doing uh, further research, for example, uh, uh, Florida House uh, in, in uh, Deerfield Beach uh, in Florida. We're, we're going to be doing a series of uh, research studies. Uh, they are actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, going to infuse the genetic test of people that are coming into opioid uh, dependence, alcohol, and all other addictive behaviors, you know, first responders, PTSD, uh, the idea that, that people come into a treatment center, uh, they may have ADHD as part of their diagnosis, but in general, they got a phenotype called reward deficiency syndrome. And mm-hmm. the, the Florida House, for example, they, you know, they're going to uh, uh, utilize this genetic test and, Everybody coming in, and then, and then looking at the at, at the restorative. What I'm saying to you is that yes, this is bigger than just ADHD. The opioid crisis, as you know, uh, has killed 64,000 people last year. A lot of it due to fentanyl and heroin, uh, and the fact they could have got started by by the oxycontin world. Uh, we we just did a a page study. This is maybe interesting to you. We took uh, 35 people that have chronic opioid use uh, in a a paid uh, clinic in San Antonio. And when we did the genetic test, 
Uh, these are very chronic uh, opioid users. They said they never could get any of their food. Uh, they, they probably did some shopping around, doctor shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually got addicted probably to the opioid. Uh, we found that 100% of these people have a high risk uh, for uh, uh, opioid behaviors yep. and addictive behaviors. So, yep. uh, of course, alcoholism was 77%. But uh, the, the point is that, you know, we as as a, as a country uh, have to be really careful as to what we're doing when something comes with a fracture. Would it be good uh, when you walk into a pain clinic to find out what their risk is and maybe yep. do something else? Maybe use a electrotherapy, maybe use a... Insane, maybe use a homeopathic control or whatever. But maybe not yep. just put them on oxycontin. And there's 297 RXs, thousands, uh, 16 or 17, almost 300 million RXs. You know, that that's not working now. The CDC is kind of preventing that. And there's been a drop, but we're far, far away from where we want to be. And, yep. and people are just dying in the streets. Yep. We think that we're going to add a little bit of help in that direction. Absolutely. So the, the one thing I want, I want to start wrapping this thing up, but I've heard you say a few things that mirror some things that I say. And I, I, I think it's kind of funny because some people who don't have ADHD or don't have addicted type behavior, uh, I think that they look at this and they don't really understand it. And I like to do attention exercises for people to kind of, get a sense of what it is. Now, this is not addic- addiction, and it's not, um, how do you say, ADHD, but I've heard you talk about the wor- you know, the, the brain's reward system is dopamine, and uh, the people with this low dopamine system, it's like that they got this itch that they've got to scratch. And, you know, Dr. Bloom, I've, I've, I do a, a program that I, I work with a lot of times, uh, people that are supporting people with ADHD, and I walk them through some attention exercises, and one of the things I describe to them is that, like, you know, have you ever been like, cold, like really cold? Like, I mean, like Canada, kind of like wind chill or like minus 10 degrees, and you're physically yep. uncomfortable. And everybody goes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, have you ever been so uncomfortable that you might have done something that you know you shouldn't do? And I was, I was sharing this with one time again in Canada. She said, yeah, I was out in the middle of nowhere, and I broke into a cabin just because I had to go in there and kind of get warm. And I said, you had to go get warm? She said, yeah. I said, so you had to get comfortable again. And I describe it, it's like, it's like this poison ivy, it's like this uncomfortable. People, when they have this low syndrome, they've got this itch that they've got, they're motivated to relieve themselves, whether it's scratching the itch or breaking to get warm. And if you don't have these behaviors, if you can think of a time when you were really, really, really cold, notice what your behavior was is you're not even thinking sometimes. You're going to do anything that you can to get comfortable again. Again, this is not addiction per, per se. But I think a lot of people really live this. And when I've coached people and describe boredom as a physical discomfort where they're motivated to get comfortable again and they do things, a lot of them really, really identify with another place to talk about. It's like the ditch. And I think it's a, 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 the best I can do to describe it in a way that somebody else can kind of comprehend. Uh, does this make sense to you? Uh, do you have anything to add on it? Well, I think that what you're talking about is survival, okay? Yep. Uh, we do. We, we look. We, we're nothing more than. I mean, we're more. Our, our neocortex is a little bit better, uh, and we are different than the apes in that regard. And our reward system is a little different. Although everybody thought that we were pretty close, 
but there's evidence to say that we're different. There's a lot of paper on that about our difference between apes and humans in terms of reward systems. The point is that when we're living in this world, we are living in a world of stress. It doesn't mean that we have to be born with any predisposition to addiction. If we're living in a world where there's stress for many reasons, financial, uh, relationships, everything and everything, we are going to get a reduction of dopamine. Okay, so we are going to try to get comfortable, as you say, and do anything that's going to make us comfortable. I remember, in my own case, I was, uh, for some reason, I was driving back from Houston, going into San Antonio, and um, I, I got a virus. And, and, and my eyes, uh, I was trying to look like I was going like blind. I got off the road. I went into a, a place. And it was, it was a, a, you know, to, to just to, to sit down and maybe get something to eat. And I realized I didn't have a penny on me, okay? And, yep. and, but I ate and I walked out. So people do things when they're under pressure and they're under stress that they will not do when they're logically thinking about it. You just don't think. Yep. You do what you yep. have to do to survive. And that is what happens. Now, the problem is if you, you know, if you're born and blessed with the fact that you don't have any of these alleles and you use alcohol or drugs once in a while, you moderate, you can get away with it. But if you have these genetic predispositions, you cannot moderate, and it takes over. And it doesn't yep. just take over because it wants to take over. It takes over because your body says, gee, I need that. That's the yep. missing thing. That's the link. That's taking care yep. of the itch. And that's how you get hooked, if yep. whether it's ADHD or non-ADHD. So the, the exciting thing here, everybody out there, is we don't officially have a, a, a very specific test as of yet. However, I, I, I'm, I think there's a lot of promise, a lot of promise of what Dr. Bloom is talking about. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, being able to do a test and determine pre behavior. And I, I got from talking to you, I know that this is going to lead into some refinement. And I think the future is really, really bright. Um, as we close this thing out, any, anything to add on this, Dr. Bloom? Or... We said it all. Uh, I just, I just want, uh, uh, like everybody else, we just want a peaceful world. We want a happy world. We want our children to grow and to be happy. And with the opioid crisis upon us, I think we got to be real careful. And I would say that one small, one small way, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a giant step in a sense. Uh, when you're talking to children, uh, and as they get into adolescence, they don't want to hear that their mother or father had an alcohol problem, for example. Uh, they don't believe it. But if you have something that's objective, and if yep. you really want to help the child, you might want to take a look at this, sit down with the child and say, look, hey, here's what you're up against. It's not your fault. It's the way the family is. And, and, but you can do something about it. And that's, that's what I feel is the, is the take-home message uh, to, to the people that are listening. Absolutely. So it's not it's not a moral thing. It's not a willpower thing. There's there's a biological component to this thing, and and, and we can get cut and dry and stuff. We can take the emotion out, and we can have a little bit more empathy and understanding. So, with That's that, right. everybody. Absolutely, Doctor Bloom. I can't take tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. It's always my pleasure, Jeff. Keep up the great work. All right, certainly we appreciate it. everybody. It's genushealth.com, G-E-N-E-U-S-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. 
Our secret word tonight is dopamine. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. <laughs>